Have any of you been to ostrich land before? In Solvang, California, there's a little farm devoted to the very amazing flightless wonder, the ostrich. And maybe you've been in other places where you've seen these amazing birds. They, as you know, cannot fly, but they are so fast. They run over 40 miles per hour. They've been clocked at nearly 45 miles per hour. But what's even more fascinating is the ostrich egg. Two dozen regular hen eggs could fit, according to volume, in the size of one ostrich egg. Now, that could save you some money right now if you had those couple dozen just in one egg. So easy and convenient. But this ostrich egg, the whole of it, has been used throughout the ages for not only a source of protein, but the shell itself. It's been painted, it's been used for arrows, it has been decorating different places. But one that might surprise you is that it is found in churches and in ancient tombs of Christians. Many of us think of the Christian symbol of the fish, but the ostrich egg is a potent symbol for Christians. As we look back in history, and it's been verified by archaeologists who have found these eggs in different places from churches to graveyards. Now, why the ostrich egg? Why was this painted and decorated and used in artwork and architecture? What did it symbolize? Well, you can look at these ostriches as being pretty fierce. They do guard their young really well. And the mothers sit on them during the day and the fathers at night. Their feathers, turns out, are perfect for daytime guarding and nighttime guarding for the male and female. And they can tell their eggs are their own. They can tell an imposter egg. They're really smart creatures. But beyond that... The thing that really most likely was the reason it became the symbol of Christian hope and resurrection was because right after winter solstice in the northern hemisphere where the Hebrews lived, the ostrich would lay their eggs. And so from January through March, 90% of the ostriches would lay their eggs. And it became a symbol that after the darkest time comes new life. That after the darkest time, light breaks forth. And so in tombs, you would find your loved one buried with an ostrich egg. You could see this and have this hope. Maybe it even gives you, if you are decorating eggs tomorrow, a, a thought uh, of those, thinking of those a little differently. But it became this potent symbol of resurrection. Why do we cling to this as Christians? Why would I say today that the entire foundation of our faith rests on the resurrection of Jesus? Why is it that Elder Tom can stand up here and he say, he's risen, he's risen indeed, and I watch, I watch during these songs and during these words, tears fill our eyes because in the midst of the circumstances and situations we find ourselves, 
as we pray for loved ones who have cancer and as we watch our children go through divorce and as we watch the unthinkable happen in our world and even this week some of our kids lost their their friend in sixth grade Presley in an accident as we look at all of these things we cling to the resurrection we cling to the hope that this isn't the whole story and so Katie Jensen says, and she recounts this story, as we broke the bread, we repeated the traditional words, this is Christ's body broken for you. But then each of us added this, taking the piece of bread, the receiver would answer, but brokenness is never the end of the story. So we took the bread last night and we lifted up the cup and we drank it, remembering the body and blood of Jesus. And we repeat today on this Easter Sabbath, but brokenness is never the end of the story. She goes on to say, indeed, that is the resounding message of Easter. Brokenness is never the end of the story. Not for Jesus, not for us, not for this world. Though often the plot twists and settings of our lives turn crazy, and at times the world often looks bleak and heartless, we can trust with Easter hope that our stories aren't over yet because our God isn't finished. Isaiah 53 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to their own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Brazilian writer and journalist Fernando Sabino reminds us, in the end, everything will be all right. If it's not all right, then it's not the end. So imagine with me that day. Let the Holy Spirit take your imagination there back to that place. To view the scene. To view that dark day where the Savior of the world died. No one took his life. He said, I gave it of his own volition for us. The angels are silent and the world looks on in horror. Yet at the same moment, this day that is dark is also brilliant because love and mercy are meeting at the cross. It was the hoped for, sought after restoration of God that the entire world had been waiting for. Making a way so that we no longer say goodbye. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we can declare death does not have the last say. Temptation will not win in our lives. Cancer will be conquered. Peace will overcome violence. Light will overwhelm the darkness. Divorce will be defeated. Love will prevail over hate. Darkness and death will have no place in this world once more. And love will win the day. On this resurrection weekend, we declare that this is not all that there is. That this is not the end of the story. Not for you. Not for those you love. Not for those your heart is breaking for right now. This is not the end of the story. 
Romans 5 says this, God demonstrates his own love toward us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still a long way off, while we were still distant, God pulled us close. While we were still God's enemies, selfish, dishonest, hateful, murderous, Christ showed up with never-ending, unquitting, relentless love, coming to us so that the cross becomes a bridge between us and God. God's deep, restoring love for the entire world. Yes, even those we don't like. All of us. Restoring love for all creation. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, and you can declare it even now, right in this very moment in your heart, if you are trusting the redemptive work that Jesus did on the cross for you, you do not have to live in fear. I'm here to remind you that you can take a deep breath of God's peace. And God wants to hold you there even when you flash and dip back day in and day out into the despair or anguish that's all around you. You don't have to live there. All those things, death and darkness and judgment have been put to flight. Jesus has overcome. So I remind us today that though the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, who said nothing can separate you from my love. Nothing, nothing. Salvation is not an if-then proposition that we can even get into this mindset that if I do this right, if this right, then this right, then this right. If I can just stack up enough good on this side and, and just minimize the bad, if I can just, it's not an if-then proposition, we will never reach that. We won't. The cross declares to us that salvation is a because therefore proposition. Because Jesus reached after us, because Jesus gave his life for us, therefore you have life. Therefore you can cling to peace. Therefore you and I can live in hope. Whatever symbolizes that for you, you might go home and buy an ostrich egg and just put it on top of your dresser. Someone did once, and they said, this is now my symbol. I'm going to look at that, and I'm going to remember. But for you, it might be something else. But whatever will help you remember the foundation of life, the resurrection, the hope that goes beyond now, I want you to hold tightly to those things that remind us that this is not all there is. Because Jesus gave his life for us, therefore, we have fullness of life in him. So we celebrate today the resurrection of Jesus. Church, Jesus is risen. Would you join me in saying he is risen indeed? Jesus is risen. Now I want you to picture who you've been praying for and the, the family member that is going through the hard time and the struggle and the thing that you see that is brokenness and despairing. And I want you to declare it over that in your life. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Jesus is risen. He is risen Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. This is our hope. This is the foundation of our hope. Not if then, 
because therefore you have life because of Jesus.